Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Not Another. It's your favorite a lesbian in training, Alex, and I have a fantastic episode for you today. It's going to give like Halloween and summertime, like Halloween and Halloween in August. Halloween in August is what I'm going to call it. And I thought that this is like the best person possible to bring in this holiday, this newfound holiday that I am decreeing. We have a pioneer of Gen Z New York nightlife. This is someone who towers above the rest, both physically, metaphorically, and spiritually. If you've ever gone to, I don't know, the Rosemont, $3 bill, any place where you look, walk past and you're like, oh, I probably would need the monkeypox vaccine. There's a good chance that this person's in there. They go by the name Miss Pickles, but I honestly know them best as Mario. This is my dear friend, and we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. Mario, welcome. Thank you for Hi. being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Alex. Oh, God, that intro was amazing. I mean, did I lie one time? No, you didn't. It was all no. straight facts. I know. I figured that I need to keep it real with the people. I've only been doing that this whole time, and I'm not going to stop now. So let's talk about how we met, because we met through, I guess, I have Lady Gaga to thank for meeting you, which I think a lot of people would say the same. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I think we first like started talking because we were we were thrown into a group chat together. And then I think it was like right before I moved to New York where I actually got to meet you. And then I didn't see you for a couple of years. <laughs> no, then, no. We got like thrusted apart. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, it was the most recent time I saw you was like a couple months ago when you were here. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great. I, I was yeah. like, we spent, we were, okay. So if we were anybody, at the Rosemont. <laughs> if anybody who's listening doesn't know what the Rosemont is, which is going to, it could be a vast amount of you. It could be a few of you, but it's essentially like a very little hole in the wall gay club in Brooklyn. It's um, what you would describe as like a long closet of a, of a club, if you will. It's, it's fun. It's so much fun. This is not the, the layout does not uh, iterate how much fun it is. It's a great time. And if you can picture me and Mario kind of sitting in a booth, Mario has like a very small novelty Twilight purse with him. Um, <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm sober at this point. The, the person that I came with is like spiraling out somewhere on the dance floor, as most do when they go to the Rosemont. But I'm sober. It's like one in the morning. And we're sitting here talking about Anna Delvey, the Bob's Burgers movie, which at this point had not come out, and horror films. And I figured... I stopped us dead in our tracks while we were talking and I said, this needs to be recorded. So let's like, we'll finish it here and then we're going to just do it again in a few months time when I get my foot together or my shit together or my feeding. You, <laughs> you sh I, Whatever. I'm drinking wine. We're drinking wine. Yes, right we now, are. Okay? We are. What are you drinking? What are you drinking, I, by the way? I am drinking, um, I'm going to plug Housewives, uh, Lisa Renna's favorite, Whispering Angel Rosé. <laughs> Um, okay. and it, honestly, it is one of my favorites, but no, I thought it was funny though, because originally the idea for like this episode was just going to be making Anna Delvive and we were just going to talk about that and how like crazy she was. But then we were like, this is better because you and I just talk about horror and adult animation more. So all day, which is like a. I don't even think it's niche. Like I'm dating someone who is not, does not understand like the, the love of adult animation, which it's I not for her. everyone. She yeah, always, I know. She always looked at me weird and yeah, I'm like, yeah, she looks at me weird too. She looks at me weird too, which is fine. I mean, obviously not weird enough. So like I put up <laughs> with it, but um, no, she's, it's not for everyone, which we recognize. 
But if if you don't like it, uh, I don't care because it's my podcast, so I don't really care. <laughs> Neither does Mario, for the record. So mm-hmm. no, he told me earlier he doesn't care. So, uh, <laughs> so how did you go from living in Chicago to moving to New York and becoming like a you know a, a part of the real nightlife scene? You're really like you're. I know that you just announced as of today, which I'm not going to date this, but as of today, you're hosting your first battle hymn, which is like a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um... Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's actually really funny because Lucy Stuhl was tweeting about, she was like going down the timeline of nightlife in Chicago, at least. And she was talking about like 2014 to 2016. And that was like really me from like 18 to 20. And that's kind of like seeing that online. I fell in love with it and kind of like dabbled my feet in a little bit in Chicago before moving to New York. But like moving to New York, I was given a great opportunity for cheap rent in Brooklyn. And as every gay person, it's cheap. It's New York. I'll take it. And from there... The easiest way I describe it is for people of like, if you were queer, gay in Chicago, you did one or two things from what I observed. You either went to LA or New York. I very much was on that New York path because club kid fashion really sparked my interest. So I just went, I was like, all right, let's do this. Knew a lot of people, obviously, from Chicago's nightlife scene. And it very much like bled over into New York. So like, there are a lot of people that know each other. And I had mutual friends. They pretty much, you know, I would always go to their parties. And then this like past year, the new group of friends that I had were more in with or not in with it, but they were doing a lot more stuff. Mm. And I was presented with an opportunity to host, took it from there. And I haven't stopped running. See, I also like have loved forever, um, like the club kid scene. I'm not like an active participant necessarily only because my stamina only goes so long. I, I am asleep usually by like 1130, but I love it. I love it from afar. I, I read Disco Bloodbath all the way back in like, what, like 10th grade, maybe James St. James book. And I was just like, oh, this is glam. Like, this is what glamour is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like there is a Hollywood version of glamour, you know, the Oscars, red carpets, blah, blah, blah. But there is something gritty, grungy, very real and very connected to queer culture at its root and spirit in new york that i don't think that la has i think that la is very um people come and they adapt to the la lifestyle which is fine a lot of people have now been doing that with new york as well but i don't know what la's culture is do you know what i mean like i don't know at the root of it what new york's culture is like embedded in every single like storefront it's embedded in every single person that's lived there for more than 10 years like you there's there's a certain nature that becomes a person that's lived in new york for a hot minute whereas la i feel like any walk of earth can go still kind of be themselves but just change their personality to like oh i'm in la you know yeah oh yeah totally because honestly that's the thing that's the one thing i've noticed with la at least is that like you go to LA, but you you become what LA is from what I've seen. Whereas with New York, you become New York, but you're still in a way yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you still have like in New York, like you stay true to your brand. Like it's always, totally. you're never really gonna like, ad- you're gonna adapt, but you're gonna adapt in a way that's still true to yourself. Yeah, I also think that there's like this, there is this kind of overarching stereotype about New York that's like, nobody gives a shit about you in New York, which I think is very true in a way yes. that's not, it's not a bad thing. It's like a, you kind of have to do you because nobody else gives a fuck. Whereas LA, it's all validation from other people all of the time. People give too much of a fuck. Yeah. 
you know the funny thing is that reminds me of that mm. one episode of Sex in the City when they went mm. to LA and Miranda goes on a date with this guy who moved to LA and he's like still had the New York-esque to him but as they're eating dinner he's like eating chews and then spits out the food and I'm like yeah like that's it that's it that's it like that's it in a nutshell if you swallow your food you're from New York if you spit you're from LA that's yes. what it is <laughs> they said spitters are quitters no spitters are just west coasters that's what it is yes i can't okay so the main thing that i want to talk to you about and i think that nightlife in general kind of ties to this gay people are obsessed with like dark grungy scary things do you know what i mean yeah we as gay people for some fucking reason whether it be horror movies late night very packed crowded clubs or you know just like walking the streets at four in the morning i have friends that used to be like hey do you want to like go driving it's like 3 30 in the morning we can go to like the trucker highway and i'm like why do we want to do this but yeah let's go like i'll go but we have this inherent draw to like scary do you know what i mean oh yes. something in our bones and like we <laughs> it's so funny because on the timeline on twitter i was like scrolling a couple of nights ago when they just released the halloween ends uh trailer and like we all saw Halloween Kills and it wasn't good. Like I loved, I love JLC and I love the franchise and Kyle Richards, bitch, you did what you had to do there, but it's not a good movie. It's not. Oh God. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. And that's okay. We it's, can admit it. Yeah, I, oh God. I, I loved it for like how bad it was. Like mm -hmm. I went with a whole group of friends. The kicker was, um, you, I don't know if you've met my mom yet, Alex, but my mom looks a lot like Kyle Richards. She does. I've seen photos. And so that first shot of Kyle Richards, my friend looks at me and goes, oh my God, Anna Banana. And like, I can't. From the moment on, I was just like, if Kyle Richards You're dies right. in this movie, I'm going to be like, oh shit. I'm going to be like traumatized. Cause I'm going to be like, like watching your mom die. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> It's okay. You can just tell us that Kyle Richards is your mom. You don't need to. This is an exclusive. <laughs> you heard finally it here first. Finally coming out about it. <laughs> oh my god. We actually have Kyle in the studio. Kyle, come on out. <laughs> I think the reason why though us as gay people like we're attracted to horror, I think it's one of two things. We love exploring things that we shouldn't be exploring, mm. and also every horror movie in some way is centered around a girl. There's it's it's where we are drawn to the strong female energy of the final girl. Like, that's what it is. Like, come on, oh, Sydney Prescott, baby, Jamie baby. Lee Curtis, you know. I like uh, how you, <laughs> you, said, just, you said Sydney Prescott, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, in like, real life is also a final girl. Like, Every battle she fights, she with is the Activia. final girl. Yeah, with her bowels, her IBS. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is the final girl of her digestive system. Like we're drawn to final girls we like mm -hmm. love that damn this girl just fell out of a two-story house and is still like trying to get away from this person where as for me i would have made sure when i fell out that two-story i wasn't coming back like <laughs> i would have i would have just been like end it but i take me like honestly i, I you know what else though like running away from a serial killer is like kind of cunt like, like Drew Barrymore running from Ghostface oh, is cunt God. inherently. Like that is just like kind, like it's sickening. You have Sydney Prescott in the kitchen with these two guys with like knives to her throat. It's sickening. It's crazy. I'm like, it's yeah, crazy. give me more of it. I'm getting a rush <laughs> because I'm watching you like 
the I'm watching the gears turn in the final girl's head of like, how am I going to get out of this one? The gears turning is what gets me because yes. a lot of a lot of scary movies, people have obviously fallen into this thing of like, oh, I don't like scary movies because it's like, oh, obviously, like, why would you ever do that? Why would you run upstairs when the killer? I'm like, because we're having fun, asshole. Like, we're having a good time. <laughs> Let them run upstairs and have to jump out of the window. That's fine. I want to take a chance. I want to take a chance. I'm going to see. If it was realistic all the time, you'd just be watching somebody run away from a murderer. It would just, just be a well, true okay. crime. It would be a Let's true crime Let's put you movie. in there. Let's get Ghostface <laughs> in your house. Where are you going? Oh, God. You're going to run to the basement like a dummy. That's what you're going to do. Uh, you're not better than you're not better than Sydney Prescott. Don't act like you are, <laughs> Kyle. Like stop. Anyway, okay, so we're getting off topic because I could go on rants with you all day. So I have a couple of questions. We're gonna break it down. I have answers. You have answers. What was like the first horror movie you saw where you were like, oh wow, like oh I think I like this. I, I could watch another one of these. Okay, so this is what everyone always gives me shit for this. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first Final Destination. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember this because I was channel flipping and I came across, I think maybe like AMC or something, but it was at least like halfway through the movie. It was at the scene where if anyone has seen the first final lesson is when the teacher dies. Mm-hmm. It was like right at the scene where she puts like her cup of like vodka on the computer mm-hmm. and you just see it start going. And then the first thing I see is, you know, the computer explodes and then she's like, got the glass or whatever and she's like "Uh, uh, uh," it's so good I was like oh my god what is this and then (laughs) cut to her laying on the ground pulling the towel and then the knife just right in the middle of her chest and I go change (laughs) and then the obsession with Final Destination started and Final Destination those movies were insane they're great they're fantastic they're a genre of horror that was like incredibly original, which was like, you're literally trying to outrun an entity that you cannot see. Like you're outrunning fate inherently. Yeah. yeah. And also it's just funny. Like they're just fucking funny. It really is. I'll <laughs> say this. I only really acknowledge the first three movies because I think Valid. those are like, those are the best ones. The mm-hmm. third one being the best one. Um, Cause you know, back when I used to be a closeted person, I was like, I had the biggest crush on Mary Elizabeth Winstead who played- Oh, I have it now as a non-closeted person. <laughs> That's so funny, we have so much in common. Like she, oh my God, I love, when the third finalist came out, that was when my like, my love for horror started because like I had already seen Scream, but I started like watching more, more gritty, mm-hmm. more scary stuff. Cause mm-hmm. from that, from Final Destination with Mary Elizabeth, I knew about Tarantino, and uh what's his face that does uh uh machete yeah yeah, i know what you're talking about okay yeah yeah. so you knew about you knew about like um grindhouse type of yes and that's and that's the movie that i like watched like grindhouse uh with death proof where Mm -hmm. that for me was terrifying also like that Mm. opening scene with rose mcgowan and he's like whipping the car around and like just like she's sitting in the passenger seat but like there's no passenger seat it's just like a metal chair and she's just being whipped around i was like oh my god this is terrifying terrifying but that was only pg-13 <laughs> and i'm it's like it's insane it that's crazy to me man i, I haven't watched those in a minute actually i want to fact check because i'm not sure 
But well, we have Jamie for that. Jamie, my love, producer, can you fact check to see what Death Proof was rated? Don't worry. Don't you? Don't okay. you? You rest your fingers, okay? This is Jamie's <laughs> job. It has a sixty. No, I don't care what it's not on Rotten Tomatoes, Jamie. What is like the actual MPAA rating of the movie? PG <laughs> thirteen or R? Not sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, God. honestly, like sixty. Working with a bunch of amateurs here. <laughs> but like sixty four, though, that's honestly not that bad. That's not bad for horror at all. Like, we're gonna talk about that in a minute too, about how people write horror movies off because they think that they can't be good. That's some bullshit. That is bullshit, honestly. Because Tony, um, no, um, I, if I talk oh. about Tony Collette, I'm gonna fucking freak out. I'm already sweaty. Um, so okay, so my first horror movie that I ever watched was The Ring, and it was probably like 2004 because that movie came out around 2003, and I was in my house. I was in. I had like my room, and then we had kind of like the den area with like a TV and oh, like you know, like the family computer and all that shit, whatever. And so I was sitting there by myself. It was late. My parents were asleep and I was on, it was on TV. So it was like, there were commercials in between. It was like TBS, something stupid. I don't know. <laughs> and which is like a weird place to watch it. So I don't know if it was that, but it was something akin. I had never seen anything like it before. And I'm watching in like frozen shock and awe as this film plays out. I'm so terrified that this girl is in my house. I, just everything about this movie gets me to my core. The movie's over. Did the phone ring? No, 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 no. The phone did not ring, but we had a flood in my bathroom. Oh, hell no. So there was water coming out from underneath the door and I wish that I were lying and I wish that I could be making this up because it traumatized me to this day. I'm not joking. I screamed so loud. Both of my parents got up and my dad was hard of hearing. It was, you could not get my dad up. And I was shrieking like, oh my God, unbelievable. I'd never experienced something so scary. But in the same time, I was like, this rush feeling that I have right now, is like unlike anything I've ever tried until I tried drugs. But I was like, I, <laughs> I, how do I keep chasing this high? And it's I need to keep watching horror movies. No man, The Ring, The Grudge, those type of two thousand like early two thousands movies. And when I actually just saw, I actually just saw um, this TikTok account. Um, it's this person on TikTok. They always talk about like movies and like Drag Race. Um, I. Do not want to butcher their name, but I feel like if they're they are obsessed with Nicole Kidman. Okay. And they were talking about something with with that. And I was just like, yes, like this is, I get this. Like <laughs> that description was great. And I was like, exactly I, what was, talking about I knew where I was, I had it in my head, but then I like, <laughs> the train of thought halfway through. Like no, it's fine. It's fine. So okay, so now I have a question of. We talked about the first scary movie we watched that kind of got us into it. What is currently to this day, if you have to watch one scary movie that's still going to make you feel kind of scared, that's still going to kind of evoke that love of the genre, what is it? Oh, God. Okay, that's I have really... my answer if you want me to. You go first, because honestly, that's hard for me because okay. I... I look at horror kind of like scary, but I also like, I laugh sometimes, but yeah, you, totally. you give yours. So my actual scary movie, and this is a very, I've noticed not a common response, is Alien. <laughs> okay. Alien 1979 Ridley Scott is to me, hands down, one of, if not the most terrifying premise of all time is like, you are alone in space. You're in space. There is a thing that you know nothing about that is way too uh, powerful, too fast, too strong, and too smart hunting you down. It has killed everyone else. And you're alone in space. I can't stress this enough. You're, you don't have the home turf. This is their house that you're stuck in floating around. You can't make contact with anyone. You just have to try to figure out a way to live. 
So Alien, 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 Alien. Uh, the thought of it still freaks me out. I did play Alien Isolation not too long ago. Oh, Jesus. Uh, which is one of the most terrifying video games ever because it's essentially just the movie in video game form. Where... But did you play Dead Space though? I did not. Play Dead Space and, and that will actually be, but I agree with you though, it is Alien for me as well. Those, <sighs> movies, those movies scare the shit out of me. Resur- the one with Winona Ryder, I think it's- Yeah! Amazing. That's the one I remember watching on AMC and I was terrified because I remember it. The aliens got free. They're trying to get into the escape pods. And one claw climbs in and just murders everyone. Those movies, yes, terrifying. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. Alien will always scare me. And it's like, it's so weird because I don't know if a lot of people constitute it in like the horror genre. Because when people think of horror, you know, they think of like the classic slashers of like Freddy, Jason, uh, Leatherface, Michael Myers. And those are scary you know, inherently, like the idea of a big hulking man wearing a scary mask coming at you with like a weapon is terrifying, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I wouldn't be able to survive it. I know that for sure. Like my will to live, I don't think is high enough for me to want to survive that. (laughs) I would just be like, the trauma and the therapy I'm going to have to deal with after this is too expensive for me to have to, I don't want to fight you. I just take it. Like, let's make it quick. I mean, I'll put out my limbs, just do what you want. Just lay but, your eggs inside my chest and let's end it. <laughs> the psychological, the psychological breakdown of Alien. I just feel like there are so many factors where you're like, oh, she's like, you're being mentally and physically tortured all while being stuck on basically like an abandoned ship with the dead bodies of all of the people that you know. And it's like, fine. oh, no, this is the scariest thing in the whole world. I, I don't want to go to space because of it. It scares me to death that a xenomorph is waiting for me somewhere. I will say that picture, though, the xenomorph, like, walking up the stairs in the dress is, like, one of my favorite memes of all time. <laughs> I love that shit so much. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're, like, you're alone. And also, it's, like, you have to remember that ship was also on its way back to Earth. So it's, like, if you don't stop that thing right then and there... With the way they reproduce, oh, you could, like, annihilate the whole population, like, in a mm-hmm. good amount of while. Like, the entire like, world is relying on you to kill this thing that you have no idea how to kill. And you've just watched it murder everyone. Oh, my God, insane. So, uh, everybody, can you guys just, like, hold on one second? We're going to do some podcast magic, and Mario's going to go run and grab his vape. Um, but in real time, it's going to be, like, nothing at all. It's going to be, like, Mario disappeared and reappeared with vape. Um, <laughs> so just give us one sec. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Mario, how you good? Mm-hmm. It's good? Okay. Gorge. Yep. Oh, gorgeous. For uh for the sake of the listener, he just hit his vape very sexily. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Currently we both agreed that Alien is top tier horror, if you will. Do you have a scary movie that you saw recently that you were like, oh da- like damn, that was really good. Like it's been a minute since I've seen a really good horror movie. This one really like, oh, I really liked that. Yeah. I recently dove into The Conjuring mm. little franchise with the release of the last one, The Devil Made Me Do It. I watched every single one. I loved all of them. Wow, like they okay. were, I was like, I always heard everyone talking about it. And I was like, okay, not as scary as I thought it was going to be that everyone talked it up. But like, those were some good movies made. I completely agree with you. I will say, though, it took me about three times to watch the full Conjuring, not because I was scared, but because I accidentally kept falling asleep. And I didn't, it wasn't for the, it wasn't because of the people on screen and it wasn't because of the plot. It's because I kept watching it really late, like an idiot. 
I didn't mean to. <laughs> I just like to watch scary movies when it's dark outside. But my body was like, it's bedtime every That's single fair. time. And it was the same. It was like the same like 15 minute interval that I would like not make it past. And I'm like, oh my God, I just need to like watch this at like 1030 in the morning with coffee and like breakfast and like fuck my day up. But at least I can finish this damn movie. And I was happy <laughs> to. It was wonderful. It was a great horror film. And then, I mean, I'm going to sound like a pretentious douchebag, but it's hereditary. I, I, there's not a moment oh. that I don't think about hereditary. There's not a minute that I don't rage in my house about Tony Collette not being recognized for that work that she did because I have yet to see. God. I'm sorry. Besides the other Ari Aster, no, not even the other Ari Aster. I'm so sorry. Another A24. Was it an A24 project? Am I just lying? Are you going to, are you going to talk about Midsommar? No, I was going to talk about Lupita in Us because that's the, uh, well, no. No, that was, too. that was Jordan. That was, that was, that was Monkey like, Paw. That was Monkey Paw. I that like, I loved Hereditary. Hereditary is one of those movies and one of those like projects that does the thing that a lot of people are really scared to do, which is not give a resolute ending. Because I always think about this whenever I'm watching a movie or watching any form of media is like, Oh, how did we, the viewer, happen to stumble upon this, this group of people in the exact moment where everything is going to change and go correctly? What yeah. if we stumbled in when it was too late and there was nothing that we could do and we're just watching things happen to these characters and we, we're not seeing the, the gears click and we're not getting that resolute moment where we're like, the final girl figures out, oh, you got to double tap them in the head in order for them to die. What if we what if we never got that thing? We just watched these things happening to these poor, sad, confused people. And Ari Aster gave us that with Hereditary, which was so terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Like there was nothing anyone could do from the minute that movie started. They were doomed. That's the one thing I love about move horror movies that involve like supernatural beings. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this okay, this reminds me of an old like early mid 2000s um it was Kristen Bell, Christina Milian, everyone Pulse, 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 Pulse. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was terrifying because the only way you were safe was if like you didn't have access to like cell phone service. Oh, I'd be dead as fuck. Oh, everyone. I'd be dead as fuck. That was one where when I think about it, maybe now if I watched it back again, I wouldn't be as scared as I was. At, Ian like, Stockholder is in this movie. What the fuck is this movie? Oh, it was so it was so crazy. He killed himself because the ghosts were like trying to get to him, so he was like. You're not going to get me, baby. I'm going to take my own life. And then the ghosts are, like, let out into the whole entire, like, world. Ugh, men. Typical. Oh, it was, it's, I think for then it was terrifying. Now, maybe I might laugh, but that was, that was. No, but I love that. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Wow. Great. So good. But yeah, all I, all I want to say on the matter, because I exhaust my friends with this, with this take and opinion, Tony Collette. You deserve your flowers, girl. And I will root for you to get that Oscar or that Lifetime Achievement Award until I'm in the ground, okay? <laughs> that, that I am your mother moment. I want it. If I could put that into a tattoo without having too many words on my body, I would do it. If I could paint a mosaic of you giving that speech, I don't know how to paint, but I would if I could for you. I feel so powerfully... And, and, and uninhibitedly obsessed 
with her performance. And I think that the rest of the world did too. And the rest of the world was shocked when it didn't get what it needed to get. Point blank period, hereditary transcended, I think, the 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 bounds that most uh film critics and people in the film the film world with their noses up give. It was more than that. It was like this beautiful story and this gorgeous film that deserved more. That also, I think that started the conversation of like horror movies deserve their flowers because we had Hereditary and then we had Get Out and then we had Us where you had these actually like really good stories and you had Mm -hmm. really good acting. Yeah. But they weren't getting, they were getting the response they were supposed to get from critics but when it came to awards and stuff, it just wasn't happening. And like, that's, that was like the one thing I will thank them for. I will thank Jordan Peele for Get Out. I, nope, that is, I think I might go see that this weekend. I'm going to go see it this week. I think I'm I gonna need see to. It. Like, I want to see it because that is, I, I love Kiki Palmer, but like, I love how we're entering the age of like, people are like starting to take horror movies so much more kind of like seriously because mm-hmm. they deserve recognition. Like totally. there's, there's some movies that are absolutely terrifying. Like I get it. Maybe you don't want to have to wa- sit through the gore or whatever, but like, come on. It's amazing. Honestly. And I'm going to say this now too, as if we're going to talk about gore for a minute, I know that the idea of like horror movies, once they go into a very big franchise, get really saturated. And we talked about that a little bit with Final Destination, how like one through three are the really good ones. And then after that, it kind of falls off. Saw one is so good. The first Saw movie, if you haven't watched it in a while, and if you, or honestly, Saw one through three are really solid. But Saw one, whenever he cuts off his appendage, okay? You felt that shit. And then when he stood up, and he walked out of that room, that was a twist. That was gore with a purpose. Do you know what I mean? When gore has a purpose in horror, it's great. When gore is gratuitous and is just there for the sake of being gore, that's when it becomes an issue. Or at least to some people. Some people don't care. Some people are like, oh, more blood. I want to see it pouring out of their necks. I'm like, (laughs) okay, like I'm down for the ride. Like sometimes I just love Michael Myers going and slashing the shit out of everyone. (laughs) Which Halloween kills, that sequence when he went from house to house and just slaughtered people left and right. I was gagging in my seat. I was like, wow. I'll say this though about Halloween kills Mm -hmm. um, because I am a huge Judy Greer fan. Fuck Michael Myers for that shit. Mm -hmm. I had never been so pissed off at an ending before. I was like, no. I was like, are you, I literally was sitting there. Like I shouted, I think in that theater, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Mm -mm. come on. If we're going to talk about a bitch who has not gotten her flowers, Miss Judy fucking Greer. She is an amazing actress. She does amazing in-person acting. She's voiced some fucking amazing ass characters. Voice actress of the millennium. Oh my God. Gobbled it up. Judy Greer, let me tell you something. You have fans and friends on this podcast. Yes. She did not deserve that ending at the end of, like, she did not deserve that because I was like, I was like, perfect. It's going to be Jamie Lynn, her and the daughter. They're going to go after Michael, kill him. And then that happens. But with Jamie Lee on the phone with Michael, I'm coming for you. I was like, yes, get him, get him. Cause he better avenge Judy fucking Greer. uh, Yes. Sorry if this is a spoiler alert to anybody who's been waiting to watch the trilogy in full. Uh, We lose Judy Greer. Oh, God. I'm like, I'm like, I I like to think that in the writer's room, they were like, 
we have to kill someone. And then they looked at a picture. They had a picture of Kyle Richards and they had a picture of Judy Greer. And they were like, you have to understand. <laughs> well, we all know damn well Kyle is going to meet the meet her end in this, in this next one. It's happening. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. And this is not even me trying to do a bit. Kyle might have been the most method actor on that set because she didn't get Botox for like six months for this movie. She was she like, got no natural. And did, did Jamie Lee? We don't think so. Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards taking her shit seriously. That's professionalism. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like she wasn't, Kyle really wasn't that bad also. She wasn't bad at all. She wasn't bad at all. Like she was not that bad. Like I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Because like, what? Oh, the okay, last movie she, the last movie she did, wasn't it like, wasn't it Halloween? Like the first one? It might have been. The only person that I know that's done anything movie-wise out of, like, the Richard sisters is Kim. And she did, like, TV for a little bit. She was in Black Snake Moan with Christina Ricci and Samuel L. Jackson. I forgot about Black Snake Moan. How could I forget about Black Snake Moan? God, that movie was Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake was in that movie. I, I've spoken my piece about Justin Timberlake on this podcast, but... Oh, God, let's not... We're not going to give him space. No, we're not. Let's not give him time in this in the Lord's year of 2022. Mm-mm. Okay, so we have talked about our first horror movies, our favorite horror movies, the most recent horror movies. And now I want to talk about television's adaptation of horror, period. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to talk about how there are, you know how like every single TV show, mainly adult animation TV kind of does homage to every holiday. There's yeah. one in particular that gives Halloween its credit. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. And I think we could say it together if you want. Do you want to do this? Is it going to be corny or should we do it? Let's do it. Okay, one. Three. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay, you, you can count it down. You count it down because we were right. in different ways. Go ahead. All right. Three, two, one. Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also. Yep. Okay. Mazel. Oh, Jamie's texting. Jamie's saying that. The, ho- the hungover games housewife heather kyle was in this in 2014 and so was caitlin jenner we're not that's not going in my podcast i'm not saying those words i feel like jamie's jamie's gonna yeah, keep it movie. jamie's gonna fucking the, keep it she was yeah. in a spoof movie I okay don't okay <laughs> well well Andy, okay so back to what we were talking about bob's burgers not the spoof movie bob's burgers is known for their um unconventional holiday episodes because they don't really do christmas they don't really do uh like a new year's or anything like that they do thanksgiving and they do halloween it's 100 percent facts halloween and thanksgiving are the best are the best ones because halloween we get to see how creative someone is and mm-hmm. thanksgiving we get to see who's actually a good cook like wow yes. that's a good point bitch that's a really good point yes so there is something about bob's burgers perfecting not only halloween but halloween costumes every year that kind of makes me cackle to no end like the list of perfect puns i mean the writers in bob's burgers in general like they are just on another level their brains don't work the way that ours does because you really just have to be the smartest person in the world to think of every single episode title credit sequence having a new restaurant name it's a1 no it's just like god tier we were texting about this last night as we do Uh, if for the sake of the pod mario and i will not text for like three months and then send each other a link of like a clip of a bob's burgers episode or like a tiktok about (laughs) bob's burgers or something (laughs) akin just to check in to make sure the other one is alive do you know what i mean like 
it's all love like it's, it's not a personal love. thing we know that we're busy people but like we make the time we make the to time share to this mutual love and appreciation yes. for this i don't want to call it a children's show because i don't think that it is i think it's no, a family it's show it's, it's a, a family. family show we were talking about what the best episode of this is and i think i'm going to let you talk about it because it is your favorite episode point blank period we're carter die trying girl oh yes but that's not a halloween episode that episode was them. oh no it is Oh, it was, putting on the musical. Yes, it was the school was like, Wagstaff was like, okay, we're not putting on, we're not coming up with the play you guys are. And Gene had the idea to do Die Hard the musical. And then what's her face? The girl that has- The, the girl who has the congenital heart condition? Yes, she- The one who's always sucking on the necklace? Yes, <laughs> she wanted to do Working Girl. And they decided to do Working Girl, which triggered Gene to do his own one, his own off play show. In the boiler in the room. Yes. In the boiler room. That is my all-time favorite episode, just because I love those two movies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Well, I'm glad that they, they paid homage to your faves. Yes. Um, when it comes to Bob's Burgers, the Halloween episodes are great, but the Thanksgiving ones are top tier in my opinion. I agree with you. They're better. Their Halloween episodes are good. You're right. They're good. But they're not as good as the Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. And it's it's mainly because it's a show that's based around food. And I just find it really funny that Bob, this is like, this is like his Super Bowl every year. It's like making this. And somehow no one ever lets him make his turkey or make his meal in peace. <laughs> the ways that they come up with derailing his day every year is very, very good to me. I think my favorite Thanksgiving episode is the one with the turkey trot. And it's the like feral turkeys. It, it's <laughs> or for anyone that doesn't know, but it's called the peckening. Oh my God. Absolutely hilarious. The Wonder Wharf is like shut off from society because there are feral turkeys and chickens pecking at people. Like, oh, because, well, because they wanted to do like a, like a running with the turkeys, kind of like a running with the bulls. Yes. But they like didn't get domesticated turkeys. They just got like wild turkeys and these turkeys were like attacking people. So everybody had to leave and they like quarantined the turkeys off to like this they ad- shut, they, amusement park. They closed them in in the Wonder Wharf. But actually that's the funny thing. If we're talking about movie references as well is the opening scene for that episode tied in the first scene in the original Jurassic Park where oh my god you remember the opening scene in Jurassic Park where they're moving in the velociraptor into the enclosure they literally do that with the turkeys and the turkeys like go crazy on this one guy that's fucking genius exactly and that i talk about bob's burgers a lot obviously but Mm -hmm. some people like are just like oh it's not my show and i'm like what do you mean the references that this show makes on a daily basis it's genius it's genius like i was um i told you this how i recently started re-watching the season the whole series but there's the one episode the kids trick linda into uh do being their like recreational uh free period teacher and they're doing like synchronized swimming and to get out of it they make a reference to Caddyshack where Bob mentions it in the episode. He's like, oh my God, Louise, you pulled a Caddyshack and threw a chocolate bar in the pool. When in doubt, Louise being what the 10 year old she is, never saw Caddyshack and literally took a poop in the pool. Yeah, she was like, yeah, no, definitely I did that for sure. (laughs) And at the end of the episode, Bob's like, are we just not gonna like acknowledge that Louise took a poop in the pool? (laughs) She's like, no, no, just leave it. 
Just leave it. Just leave it be. Okay, so we have talked about all things New York, all things LA, all things horror, and all things Bob. But now I kind of want to give you the floor to speak your piece. It's this little segment that we do here on Not Another called What's That About? Where I let you like kind of vent or rant or things that you've talked to your friends about to the point where they're just like, oh my God, like shut up. We know it's enough. <laughs> like right now I'm going to give you this floor and this space to speak your piece. Is there anything that you have in your brain where you're like, I like, I need to get this off my chest? No, there are two things. And it, this is the it's, first time on Not Another where we're going to have two of them. They have the same theme. It's both, it's adult animation. But my first thing is, um, as much as a Bob's Burgers fan, I would love to see, I'm also going to plug the new season because I noticed it. Uh, okay. But for the new season of that's going to start in September, I want to see Tina's storyline go in a different direction like I'm I'm just sick of the boy crazy like awkwardness because honestly at this point it's in my ways that I've talked about it it's getting predatorial a little bit I just it's it's weird it's she's always like just trying to and I'm just like girl let's do something different let's come up with like a new obsession or something or just like I don't know finally get a boy like finally start a relationship like I would love to see Tina start a relationship and like go through the woes of having your first boyfriend. Cause like, what, isn't she like, she's like halfway through middle school or about to start high school, I think. I want progression in that. Like I want the first relationship, which I hope is something that they sort of honestly segue in from the movie because at the end of the movie, Tina finally gave Jimmy Jr. the barrette necklace. Like, new season, I want to see this relationship starting. I want to see this summer relationship or whatever. Like, I want to see how this plays out now that she apparently has a boyfriend. But the second thing for me is Seth MacFarlane, if you see this, give American Dad its flowers. I'm going to be completely honest. Family Guy, I think it's time for it to go. American Dad, I've been saying this for years, needs the attention Family Guy gets because American Dad has storylines. And when I say storylines, like every episode is different, but they somehow tie it all back to previous episodes. Like the writing on American Dad is so much funnier than Family Guy. Yes, Family Guy had its moment, but American Dad has shown that it's that girl. And it's so disrespectful that they got demoted to TBS. Okay. I could not agree with you more. Roger is such a better character than any character on Family Guy. Oh my God. It's period. Also a queer icon I'd like to address. Yes. Yes. If we're talking queer icons and legends, you need to put Roger the alien up there with like Cher, Bowie, anybody that you think <laughs> as a pioneer of queer culture, this fucking alien has done that and more. And I'll die on that hill. I, don't I care. will. T- I will be there with you. Yeah. We're going to run up that hill like Kate Bush said or whatever the fuck. God, it's just like American Dad is so good. If anyone hasn't seen it, I'm going to plug my favorite episode. It's Morning Mimosa, season 10, episode 9. It's pure gold. It's pure I love that episode. gold. A1, A1 from start to finish. The first scene when the health instructor is like, this is the diet. And she goes, bah, 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 bah. how many mimosas can you have on the diet? And she goes, <laughs> one. And the whole crowd of drunk women gasp. And they're just like, shame. It's just like, 
pelting this oh. poor woman with tacos. Like, it's so fucking good. It's like, it's, it's so, like, it's, it's demented. 10 out of 10. It's, yes, 10 out of 10. 10, out of 10. If I'm having a shitty day, that's the episode that I will turn to besides uh, Die Hard Working Girl, that one. It's those two episodes. I'm having a shitty day. I'll watch either one and my day will be immediately turned around. Honestly, I'm going to talk to Mario after we wrap, which unfortunately we have to do. We're going to make like a little list of like the best animation episodes and the best horror movies for you to watch we'll do that and then that will get posted on our instagram which i'm gonna plug in a minute mario (laughs) thank you so much for being here i'm i could talk to you about this all day and obviously we do (laughs) we pretty much almost did (laughs) do you want to plug yourself and let people know where to find you yes so you guys can find me on obviously any every social media on instagram it's miss pickles uh wow the Rosé is really getting to me. Uh, It's Miss underscore Pickles with three S's at the end. Um, And then I believe it's the same thing on Twitter. Yes, same thing on Twitter. Miss underscore Pickles with three S's at the end of Pickles. Um, You can find me on there. Um, As a forewarning, I treat Twitter as a public diary. So you're going to get me unfiltered, raw, hot takes. It's all there. Honestly, it's a gem. I do recommend following. And of course, if you liked what you heard with us, and you want to hear a little bit more, see a little bit more, know a little bit more, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Not Another Popcast, P-O-P. And if you're like, oh my God, I need even more of this content, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Not Another Popcast. Now, I'm going to go drink the rest of this Pinot Grigio and watch a couple horror movies with Mario. Bye for now.